you know, number one, I was, I was shocked by the overwhelming response we got. I mean, the, the fun plummeted quickly. Is that what you said? Juggling. And every, every ball we throw up in the air is as important as, as the next one. So I, I think there's going to be a push towards standards-based grading. You know, we got good news and bad news. The good news is we're landing. The bad news is we're crashing. If this, we're not going back to help kids, what, what are we doing here? Welcome, physical educators. This is Thinking PE. Because FIAD is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson. And I'm Jamie Seneca. And it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So buckle up and join us on this journey. Hey, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacy. We're here at Thinking PE. Follow us on Twitter, at Thinking PE. And after this video, we want to hear your comments and, and things we can add. We're here with a video on, uh, on priorities of PE. Yeah, we're going to take a peek at some of the priorities that PE teachers feel when they're or the pressures people uh, have put on us when we're trying to develop this curriculum. I don't know about another time-strapped um, place in, in, in education. I mean, we just get very little time and more and more pressures being put on to put more and more things into our PE curriculum. And even coming up with the questions, it was hard to narrow it down to, to 10 different topics or, or and then and then to try to rank them. And, uh, you know, number one, I was, I was shocked by the overwhelming response we got. I mean, we had like a hundred, a uh, hundred responses within, what is it, within the first day and a half? And the response, people are curious. Um, they want us to get this video out and tell us what, what we learned. So, and I, I like how you, 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 you formed the question there with the caveat that everything is important because, you know, it's like we're, uh, we're, we're juggling. And every, every ball we throw up in the air is as important as, as the next one. And, uh, but being forced to sit down and only select six of them and then rank them, was, it was fascinating. Yeah, it, it really made you have to think about everything you're, you're doing and why and really um, do exactly what we asked to do. It made you prioritize it. So that big question with the caveat that all things are important, Label your top six priorities in order. All right, so it was, it was a one through six, simple, simple format. Just give us your top six, and let's dive right into what some of those responses were. You know, first looking out at the big picture here, and you know what we found was relationships and skill works were our our, our top tier answers. You know, fifty eight people responded that it was in their top one or top two, and then uh. Uh, one thing I, I took away is fun really started off fast, but then it, it, it plummeted quickly. So what was, what was, what was some of your, uh, some of your takeaways right away? The, the fun plummeted quickly. Is that what you said? That's the fun plummeted quickly. I wonder if that's uh, um, typical of some fi ed teachers. They start out real fun and then all this pressure is added onto them and the fun plummets quickly. Um, it's a, the, the, the captain came on, you know, pardon the interruption, but we're about to, you know, we got good news and bad news. The good news is we're landing. The bad news is we're crashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a couple, um, couple of takeaways that, that building strong relationships you know, soared to the top after that, making sure it was fun. Um, and then I think the top four or five kind of were kind of what I thought they would be. Yeah. And then the other peripheral ones are the ones that feel like people are trying to add on that 
you know, people are, different people have their thing. And when they really, you know, get on Twitter or they're up front speaking at a convention, that's their deal. Yep. And you, they may not be trying to say it, but you get this feeling, oh, I should, you know, if I'm a good teacher, I'm going to be gamifying my lessons. Or if I'm a good teacher, I'm going to be doing technology. And I got to do that more. And well, you, you see that six different, different times, you start to feel like you can't teach at all. You know, and you take away from it too that all of them are important and everybody has their own teaching style, their own passions, their own interests. And, and just like you said, you know, some people latch on to something and that's what they run with because that's what they, uh, you know, that's what they, that's what they find their, their, their drive in. Right. And they're, they're, they, they identify most closely with. So, you know, it's not to say one is any, any better, any worse than the other. And that's what's cool about the overwhelming responses. It really got a big, big picture here. You know, another thing, uh, 85% of the responses were elementary teachers. It'd be interesting, and we've talked about this, maybe doing a follow-up to this, where we bring on somebody just fresh out of college or bring on somebody that's a high school or a middle school teacher as well and get their, get their perspective. So let's dive right into it. The first one was aligning the standards. And, and this, uh, this might be even this. strange talk for, I mean, this, we're both from Minnesota and teach there. And yeah. it's a big deal right now because by 2021, all classrooms, all PE classrooms in Minnesota have to have all 300 some standards fully implemented. 300 in, benchmarks into the, yeah, benchmark, into the five different standards. Into, the, into their um, curriculum. And so it's been a lot of buzz talk around Minnesota, and that's a lot of pressure. That is partially where this came from, this question came from, because I go to these conventions, and that's what they're talking about is push, 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 push. Well, I've already tried to add these other things in, and now you're saying I should do this and focus here. So people in other states might not, may, may not feel that pressure. Well, it's just if they haven't reviewed their standards in the last few years like Minnesota has, it's just not it's just not as fresh because yeah. there was, there was a 20 year gap in there of before Minnesota renewed its standards. Yeah. Ranked aligning the standards in their top three choices. Okay. It was priority one, two or three. Probably, yep. One, two or three. And then 25% of the respondents did not rank it in their top six at all. 25%. Yeah. So that's one out of four. Didn't, didn't even see that it made the list here out of the 10 things we put. It was really hard to find some stuff on Twitter. General games and kind of things, no problem. You know, find activities, uh, basketball type of drills, and they're, they're all over the place. But try to find some things that are related specifically to standards, which is how he has to write his lesson plans based on the standards. Um, it's just hard to search standards. So just kind of a push for us teachers when you put a, a game out, what standard are you teaching? You know, it would probably be more than one. But at least list one, maybe the, the hardest one, the, the skill breakdown usually is the hardest one. You know, put that right in your tweet and then we can search those out and um, so kind of develop a, a, a bank of these different skills. It'll just make it easier to search for, for people as standards become a bigger deal. Because I think they are across the country, would, would you say? I would agree. So I, I think there's going to be a push towards standards-based grading of excuse me, of some sort, whether it replaces traditional grading or not, there's going to be at least a push towards it. And so I think it would help. The second one on our list of topics here is activity time in class. And activity time was ranked either number number one or number two. And uh, 75% ranked it in their top three. So it was definitely towards the top of, of 
75% of the people's uh, choices. Which makes me feel good about our community. <laughs> if you're going to have kids in, yeah. in class, you're at, least, you're at least thinking about getting them active and not telling stories. Um, although you might be a good storyteller, so that might, might be appropriate at times. But it just seems like it's a natural fit that it should be in our, you know, one of the top priorities. So when I found interest, we, you know, Shape America states that at least 50% of your class, your students should be in that moderate to vigorous physical activity. And just with activity time being ranked so high that at least 50% of the class time should be dedicated to that moderate to vigorous physical activity. And it's how hard that can actually be. It's to, to truly, it, it is, it is. And, you know, if, you, if you're doing like a, like a relay race, even if you, if you have partners, you're, you're cutting activity time in half just by having partners for an activity. Yeah. You know, on a, uh, we just got these gopher sport uh, fit step pedometers at my school. And I've used them in the past, but they measure that MVPA. And just like you said, it is deceiving to actually put that pedometer. I'm sorry, MVPA is the moderate to vigorous? Correct, moderate to vigorous physical activity. All right, just wanted to clarify that, yeah. And I, it was, it was we, we think we're getting that activity in our, in our minds and in our heart. We know we're, oh, we're getting our kids are getting that activity. But yeah. you, put it out, you put a pedometer on 30 kids and run an activity, and it can be very humbling very quickly. Well, just putting a pedometer on 30 kids takes a couple minutes of your, <laughs> your last time that you wanted to be moderately or vigorously exercising. So, so I just said, when I first saw that statistic, you know, or, or uh, that Shape America says 50% of the class time, I'm thinking, wow, that's low. That's, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, when we put those pedometer on kids and it really, yeah, until you it really, really makes you think. It's, uh, that's why I love research and, and studies that, until you really and, and hard data, data hard hard data that's yeah because even even if you videotaped your class and tried to record it that'd be a ton of extra work but that that might get you to a similar figure but otherwise those pedometers are just a beautiful thing it's that that is right there yeah you know and uh so we put so much emphasis on this activity time and, and i say 75 percent of our responses really ranked it high yeah but then we found that 15 percent didn't rank it at all in the top six yeah, that was the other thing we were going to talk about. These, right down, yeah, 15% it didn't even make the list. And then there's a couple that ranked it number five and number six. But I want to be fair to people and say, I think you brought it up, Jamie. You said, it'd be interesting to talk to those people. I bet they have a reason for why, oh, absolutely. why they put priority number five or six. You want to explain what you're thinking, or at least a theory is? Because we, we, you know, we talked to these people, it was, a, it was anonymous. And they say, I, they put it there for a reason. I was just trying to think, why would somebody not, not list activity so high? Or why would they list relationships so high? And, and part of it might be they just, if I'm doing all these other things, the activity will naturally come. Yeah. And I thought, so that's kind of the route that I took on why somebody, they put their focus at, at something else, knowing that the activity will be a byproduct of that building relationship with a student or whatever they, whatever they would have ranked as number yeah. one. Almost like that's a, a duh yeah gym class yeah very true very true yeah, everything's going to be activity so i'm going to rank these other i'm going to focus on these other things because everything i focus on is about an activity so they just kind of dropped it on the list that that'd be my guess maybe people have other reasons um as well and that'd be interesting as i i think as we as we move forward is and if you're listening to this you know put put comments in there 
email us because that, that extra information really, really does come in handy. That's, that's why we call this thinking PE is let's think beyond just the natural thing. Well, duh, activity plan. Why'd you even put that in the list? Well, because there's a lot of thinking that goes behind activity and there's people that have different philosophies that you can come to what look really stupid sometimes conclusions, but when you listen to them, you go, huh, actually that's very well thought out. And if that's what you're thinking, it, it, all, it all works out in the end a lot of times. So I don't know awesome. if that makes sense, but I, I just think we gotta give people credit for um, thinking and then let's have the discussion. Let's not just berate each other for something that looks kind of silly on the surface. You know, and the next, the next, uh, next topic here, which was a, a number one or a number two is building relationships. 75% of the responses yeah. rank this, rank this in their top three. Yeah. And uh, I, I know at my school, building relationships is one of the, one of the focal points of the school and, and, the, and the belief of our administration. But it's, again, it kind of goes to your point of, well, duh. Well, kind of, but I, I don't know. You, you brought up an interesting couple of points when we were discussing this early. Number one was that we say this and it's, we believe it, but what do we really do? You know, you, I have 670 kids. How many do you have? Uh, 700. 700. So I mean, and that, you know, and that was the, that was the point I was going to make is we say, we, we say we're going to do it. We want to build relationships with students. We know how important building relationships with students is but it's when do we actually do it and how, how deep of relationships can we actually, can we actually have when we have 600 kids that you see once every four days for 40 minutes or whatever your, whatever your time frame is. And a point that I was at the, I was at a conference recently and talked to somebody, uh, he was on uh, the board at MinShape and I was discussing some of my concerns over these, kind of these, some of these similar issues um, and we started getting into the talking about assessing and grading. We're jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but he talked about how he got big into assessing. He loved data and dug in and dug in and dug in. But then he said he found himself constantly behind a clipboard. Yeah. And he was recording, he was watching the kids and he was, you know, assessing every skill and he was just getting into it, had all this data to work with and soon realized that he was distancing himself. What he used to do is walk around the gym and engage with the kids and, you know, take a hockey stick and say, here's how you hold it. You know, can you, you know, turn the hand around or mm -hmm. throwing this way. He used to engage. Now he was behind a clipboard and he's found himself just losing. Well, for him, he talked about his, his desire for teaching. It just, it just plummeted because of this assessing and grading. And so that's kind of where some of this discussion started was like, okay, they're both important, but, what are you doing to make sure you're building these these relationships and it might mean you have to drop some activity time if you know depending what you're going to do to build that relationship so you know it's kind of a and it's a return on investment so to speak where you put your time and energy into building those relationships knowing that you're going to get a return on that on that time invested yeah like i'll just say this quickly i I struggle with, I know you love instant activities and you bring kids in, they're moving instantly. That, that ties to our first one in time, activity time in class. Well, personally, I have a really hard time learning names. And so I bring the kids in and I sit them down 
and I go through my seating chart. And if I do that, it refreshes the kids' names in my head, and then I can call them by name in class, which I think helps build that relationship. And so somebody might look at me and go, oh, you don't, you don't value activity time in class. And I'm saying, no, that's not true. I actually, <laughs> I actually do, but I actually really need that time for building relationships. And then I can get to the active time. And then, like you said, the return on investment is huge because I can call them by name and not go on, have to say, hey, um, Absolutely. You, you say that. So anyway, just kind of a <laughs> bouncing no, around between these things. You can see the internal struggle I have with some of them. The next one on the list is actually the one that I, when I did this, I, I, put, I put fun as, as number one. Yep. Uh, just immediately right off the bat. And I was disheartened to see how it plummeted. It started off really, really fast. It was like Hussein Bolt just took off on a dead sprint, leading the pack, and then tripped and fell on his shoelaces. Well, that's because you and I were the first two to, yeah, maybe to, do, this, to do the survey, and <laughs> we both kind of had those as number one. <laughs> and so that, that was way up top. We had from the beginning. Michael Phelps with a three-length lead, and all of a sudden he's floating or he's sinking to the bottom. <laughs> but you know, and I was also shocked that 20% didn't even rank fun in, the, in their top six. And, and I kind of go back to that, to that point I was making before where it, it, maybe they didn't rank it in a top six because it's a byproduct of all the other things that we do. I hope so. I, <laughs> that's one I do hope. I, I hope we haven't lost the idea that fun should be a part of PE. Uh, maybe, again, people have good reasons for, for not you know, that to be ranked so high. Go ahead. I was going to say one thing that you've helped me with throughout my career was, was keeping that focus of having fun, that when we, when we built our common assessments and did our assess, yeah. and, and assessing students and collecting data, it was always looking back, okay, we're going to assess students today. How are they going to have fun while we're doing that? Yeah. You know, because if we're just pulling them off the side one at a time to, to, to test, test them on throwing, that's not as much fun as if they're playing a game and we can watch them play that game and, and run that same assessment over, over a period of time. Yeah, and that, that showed our values, you know. that. And that's why, that's why I ranked fun number one, was to yep. keep that focus of, of the kids having fun to uh, – I just, I just, it was my belief that they, they were, they'd be more active and it was a better, I'm building a better relationship if they're having fun. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of tying those top three right together. Yeah, and, and, they, they, and they really do all mesh together. They build on each other. I can see where the relationships could, kids could have fun and you not really be building a relationship other than seeing you as a fun teacher, you know? You know, and I think, I think without an explanation of fun, it, it's almost taboo or there's a fear to say that we focus on having fun as it might degrade the profession. That's, that's something that's out there on Twitter. It's, you can't just play games for fun. And again, I don't want to start a big controversy and argue with th those people that are putting and pushing that have their reasons for it too. And it's, it's fair argument. I mean, that we need to make sure we're doing things towards with, with purpose, but yeah. I, don't gotta know, make the, I don't know of a fun activity that I do that doesn't fulfill several purposes, several yeah. standards, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, we, as, we as fire teachers, we can, you know, the, the fun game we play in class is different than the fun game they play at recess. Even though it might be the same game, there's, 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 there's different things happening. And that's where the, the tying of the standards come in, the assessments, those, those sort of things. So can you say just a little bit more about that? Why, how, how is a 
a tag game in Faya different than, than playing tag on the, on the playground or uh, red light, green light, or something like that? Well, I think it's because we take, we, we put learning into that of what, what's, what standard they might be learning. Like our tag game, we may be focusing on the, the accepting of being tagged, the moving in space safely, uh, you know, what kind of exercise, working on locomotor skills during that tag game. So there's, there's, there's deliberate learning taking place in a particular game versus at re and, and hopefully they take what we do in, in that FIA class and apply it to a recess setting. So they get both the fun, just the pure fun. Mm -hmm. And then they get the fun with the extra standards or learning behind it. Okay. So and then the next topic was skill work. Time for skill work. Again, I've heard the buzz lately at conferences and this type of thing where some people are really promoting it and some people are saying to go away from that and that that's boring. And um, so they're really pushing in, in many ways away from it. And I don't know if these are different age groups, if it's all elementary or if it's some high school, if there would be a difference there. But yeah, I've heard people kind of pushing away from that, that drill and drill and practice, I guess they call it. Yeah. It isn't uh, as valued as, again, that's because kind of fun is supposed to be ranked high. And the, one of the other ones, gamifying your lessons, making it engaging. They don't feel that um, giving students an individual ball or puck or um, type of thing is, and, and drilling it over and over. And that, that's a hard one. Um, because if you're a coach, you know, what, what's, I teach the pole vault. Yeah. I always tell the kids, you can't think yourself to the next height. You can't just, you know, come to coach and say, Hey, do this different and then go back and do it. Very rarely does that work. The, the phrase I use is you have to drill yourself to the next level. And, and so when you're teaching PE, especially at elementary level, you're trying to give them the so skill. You can't, you can't just say you, you need to do it better. No, I can't just say, hey, get your feet up. Well, I can't believe I didn't make it to the professional ranks as a coach. <laughs> you, 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 you were overlooked. <laughs> but, you know, especially in things like that are that technical. But same thing with, you know, even, even teaching throwing. Oh, throw it the opposite foot. You can tell them that, and a lot of kids can do it, but a lot of times you need to drill, 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 and then they'll get it. And then when they come back to you, they don't have it. So you drill, drill, drill. But how does that interact with making it fun? You know, that's where those priorities are. You've got to be able to either come up with ways to make them fun, do it, drills fun, or maybe don't do, I don't know. What do you think? I just, skill work, skill work was an interesting one for me. It, it, it has a unique ability to like avoid controversy because there's a, a real, a real defined top group in our survey and a real divine, I don't want to say bottom group, but one that was, wasn't picked as, you know, as much. And skill work just found its happy little way in the middle, like a, like, like, like a, like a happy shrub in a Bob Ross painting. Yeah, that's true. Every, a lot of people picked it. Just somewhere uh, in the middle. Yeah. But 30% of them didn't feel it, it made the, the rank. So it didn't, it didn't rank that high. So, but like you said, it kind of fit right in the middle. And I made it something on, that wasn't controversial. I made it more controversial. <laughs> so then we go on to, on to, on to assessing and grading. 
56% of the people, over half the people didn't rank assessing grading as something that's really all that important. And that's interesting because it's, you know, I, th I think you know, we talked, there's a, there's a perception out there that, you know, when it comes to grading, nobody cares. Nobody looks at the report card. So do you put that effort, had anyway? Yeah. Do you put that effort in, into your, into the grading and, and it definitely brings up some controversy and some discussion, but it is, it is, you know, we went to that standards conference and being able to assess or validate what you're doing is, is definitely, I mean, it, it validates your position. Grading you think of as more summative and the assessing is more formative where we were, we're doing formative assessments all the time from, is this lesson working to, is that kid holding the stick correctly? And if they're not holding the stick correctly, you've assessed it, you go over and you help them and you fix it and he, he practices correctly now. And, um, and you're monitoring and adjusting with that information. Often with grading, unfortunately, it's a summative thing, it's at the end, and you're basically just basically trying to tell them the kid, oh, they stink. <laughs> and you're not going, they didn't hold the stick correctly, you just tell them they failed holding the stick, but now you're on to the basketball unit, so you're not holding sticks anymore, and he never yeah. gets a chance to, he, he just sees on his report card that he failed. I mean, obviously that is a bad example, a pretty specific example, but you just send out a C, and, and what does a C mean? It's got so, so much variance, so. That, that's the difference I see. The other part of that is what do you do with the data? So you're, you're collecting all this assessment data and it, it goes, if it's, if you're just assessing to assess, then, then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that that's time well spent. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I'm, if I'm, well, like you said, you're, you're, you're collecting this data on a student that, that isn't meeting a standard but you never come back to that standard, then what, what, was, the, what was the purpose behind the assessment? And it, it didn't drive any instruction. It didn't, it didn't drive any curriculum. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I've really wrestled with is we, yeah, we put a lot of effort. Out, say, then the student didn't find out about it until six weeks later when they saw the report card. Yeah. I mean, you and I, we've developed several rubric, rubrics and we've used them then refined them and found out it's hard to use them. And then I started kind of going, okay, we collected this data and then we use the data as global information between schools to see how I'm teaching, you're teaching. So at least we we're using it somewhat, but it started bothering me that we were kind of using it as summative data on a unit. We would go out and teach and then find out how many students are meeting the standard Okay, and then so not visit that, again until next year. Yeah, and the next, you know, to go back to it, started kind of um, eating at me going, well, if this, we're not going back to help kids, what, what are we doing here? You know, it feels like maybe we should relook at our curriculum and instead of doing units, recircle, you know, touch on things over and over rather than just um, do a unit and be done. And then, oh, they didn't make it. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't know. It just... I haven't come up with a solution yet, but it's at least a question I think should be raised. So the next topic there was including technology and 83% uh, did not rank technology in their top six. So it's just not a big one for, for our group that at least that. Uh, what, there was more, more integration of cross-curricular um, yeah. than, than technology. And, uh, more people think they should teach reading in FIAD than, te than have technology. 
you know, but maybe that's that's where when they say it's and again, maybe it's not a, a number one priority because it's it's the integration of the technology versus just using it. That the yeah. you, you're using that technology to enhance the enhance the activity versus just walking and say, I'm, I'm going to use this technology. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's an interesting push. I feel like it's more than that out there on social media, mm -hmm. Twitter land and elsewhere. And I have a student teacher and it's coming from the colleges that there's this push to have teachers not only use technology, but to have teacher, have students in fire class using technology. It's almost like a standard, even though it's not one of our Minnesota ones. Yeah, kind of being pushed from the college level, and from I, I don't know what to call our social media, but there's um, there's some pushes out there. I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but it's almost pushing beyond using technology or integrating technology. We've talked about that. Where integrating is, it should be almost invisible. If it's if it truly integrated, you don't notice it, like turning a light on. But if it's pushed and the students, you know, you're telling your kids to bring their phones into gym class because we want to yeah. do this type of a thing. If it fits, that's, that's beautiful. And if it helps you get to your goal, but if your goal is to get them to use technology, that is confusing to me. Um, I would agree. So not to say it's hundred percent wrong. Um, again, somebody could probably give a good argument and, fill me in but I have my master's in integrating technology and that was kind of one of big push from the beginnings that we learned is the technology isn't the point that's and this was from 10 15 years ago it's like we got to get away from that that the point is let's use this technology to accomplish good teaching good solid teaching um, techniques so I don't know if enough said about that uh, the next one's yoga, mindfulness, and mental health. And this one, this one, I, th I, I didn't list it, but I can see it growing when we start talking about the concerns of students' mental health and, and just mental health as a society. Yeah, I, I can see um, where it's going to become a bigger deal. We, we have a place in Fayed where we, we see all the kids and they get put into intense situations. They get put in places where they can't do something. They can't jump a rope. They try and they can't in their, there's those frustrations. And so if we can teach them some of the mindfulness things and skills, I think that's really good. And uh, I'm not, I'm really ignorant to yoga. So I don't want to speak on that, but I've heard of some people do some amazing things with yoga and they are really big on thinking this is important for kids to know physically how to get in touch with, the inner part, you know, not just the muscles and uh, how they make them move on the outside, but how do you get in touch with the inner physical part of your body? So the next piece though is, is cross-curricular activity and integrating of, of, of math and reading, for instance, into, into what we do. And, and it, is there it a was for that? Do you feel that? It was not ranked very high at all. No. Um, not ranked at all or at the bottom of people's lists, but it goes to it goes to who you, who you ask because if you're ever on if you're ever going for an interview that's a question that's going to be asked is how are, how are you going to support this building goal and we talk about the pressures we have as FIED teachers you know administration and, and our, our buildings are on tremendous pressure for just their math and reading scores so their big question is how are you going to support my 
my my math goal or, or I say my our our math goal or our reading goal. So it can be a big deal. And I think what you said, you want to share just a brief bit about your uh, reading wall or your word wall? Is that what you called it? I'll, I'll, I'll edit that one out anyway. <laughs> you may want to edit, edit some of that out, but no, I thought it was no, interesting I, that you tried, you, you worked with this. Yeah. You know, and I, I put the, put the walls or put the, put the words up on the wall and uh, you know, we, we had this word of the day and I just, I just thought it was, I just thought it was something great. You know, I'm, I'm integrating reading, integrating, uh, you know, lit literature and, when I reflect back on it, I just said, man, that was a colossal waste of time. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really was. And, you know, part of it might've been how, you know, how I, how I integrated, how I presented it. We didn't really, but I, I told you at the end of, at the end of the year, if I just sat my fifth grade class down and faced one and faced opposite of the word wall and gave him a sheet of paper and said, write down three words on that wall. I, I don't know that any one of them could have yeah. put a word down. Yeah. So part it of it, I say, goes to how you might've used it and that kind of thing, but ab absolutely. Uh, it definitely wasn't a focus of mine at that time. It was me trying to slam a, a round peg into a square hole. You know, the, yeah. the Marine side of me, like, oh, I'll make this fit. Yeah. I'll, just get a, I'll just get a bigger hammer. And, you know, I, that's just not how. So, you know, now I take a more deliberate approach to trying those things. And, and you talked about it, how, you know, if, if you're running a relay race, instead of picking up inanimate objects, you know, we're picking up letters of the alphabet in, in a kindergarten class and trying to trying to more deliberately use some of those things they do in the classroom, but it, it is challenging. Yeah. And for me, again, I'm not opposed to it. I just look at what has research told us? Does research tell us that when we're on a scooter and we pick up a letter and bring it back and then work with the group, if it really shows that that makes an impact, then I'm willing to flex more with the standards that I've been given to teach. But otherwise, I kind of have to do like technology is I have to integrate that in. And if reading integrates fine into it, like I'm doing, a, like you said, you know, grabbing letters instead of grabbing a, a yarn ball, well, that's fine. It, it, you can teach both then. But I, I just can't get myself to really focus on that when I, I just haven't seen the research that shows that it really, um, it, what I do in a fire class will impact that reading, other than. I have seen the research that when they go from my classroom yeah. and they go into a reading class afterwards, there's some studies that show that those students learn at a really accelerated rate because of the exercise. It wasn't because of the words I used in FIED. I haven't seen that. And, and if it's true, and I, I'd love to see that research and then change my mind, man, and you know, change my curriculum along with it. I don't know how you feel about that kind of approach or it sounds kind of nasty like prove it to me but some way no, I, but I, I it, feel like i have to at some point i can't include everything it's a tremendous it is one of those things it's a tremendous amount of work on the on the, on the front end to go to classroom teachers see what they're see what they're working on in class and then bring that into your gym try to try to uh integrate it into an activity that you're doing and then you know the, the other side of it is it's hard to measure my individual impact on if a student's MCA scores goes go go up 15 points. Yeah, and I can say I was responsible for that for two of those points. And you know, as part of it, you have to trust in the process. 
but it's 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 tough because there isn't that tangible they because we did this activity they had this and you can probably do it you can you can do it and i've seen it done in small groups mm -hmm. you take a, a distinct group of kids that are struggling yeah. in math or reading and 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 immerse them into activity-based right. math and math and reading but that's not the regular class and now when we start talking 700 kids yep it, 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 it that is if i look at all these to, to be able to effectively that that is one of the more challenging ones for me yeah so that brings us to gamifying and this was a new term for me and this is just you know this is a dumb farm kid from wisconsin <laughs> when you when you said gamifying i'm like hey go packers you know i didn't have a clue what, <laughs> I have a clue what gamifying was, and now uh, I'll let you go ahead and define that because I'll just I'll just beat that up. Oh, you can let so, me beat it up. Yeah, he's no. If I, I didn't even know what it was, so have me define it. That's 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 a mistake. That's like me trying to explain quantum physics here. Yeah, right. No, I just I I guess I picked this up on podcasts that I listen to and um, Twitter Twitter feeds and articles that I've, I've picked up on and. The idea that I get is that these kids are playing these video games and the writers of those games or the designers of those games are masters at knowing how to increase the time and the engagement of these students. And some of the tricks, call them tricks, techniques that they use are um, to, to withhold, you know, uh, it's called scarcity, you know. Mm -hmm to withhold, deliberately withhold. So in a FIAG classroom, you gamify, so you might say, okay, um, until you get to a certain level, you can't use this piece of equipment. Or, you know, so maybe it's individual jump ropes. So you have individual jump ropes, and if, you, you know, when you can do five in a row, you can graduate to um, the long ropes and, and doing groups, and it makes those students really work hard to be the first one, to be the first group to be doing the long ropes. That's just something I made up off the top of my head. So I, yeah. I, I don't know, somebody that's really into this might think I'm just totally butchering it, but that's the idea. It's taking the techniques of engagement that video games use, scarcity and you know ramping up and leveling up and all those types of things, and then applying to you know your games to make them more engaging. So I don't I don't, in elementary, I don't have, the games are engaging, the kids are full all in. So I don't need a ton of it, but I can see where if I was teaching junior high or high school, where that might be some really interesting ways to challenge the, you used another term where you're diversifying. Yeah, I call it challenge, challenge by choice. That came from a, a Dr. Martinez, which was a professor of mine, you know, when I was going, when I was going through school. And it was, it was just that idea where the student creates their challenge. You give them a bunch of options and, and show them different ways. And ultimately they create the challenge that, you know, that they want to, you know, uh, participate safely, successfully and with satisfaction. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know that kind of came in lower, maybe because people haven't heard the term. And that's why it came in lower for me. I mean, having now knowing what that term gamifying means, it may it may change my how I would have filled out the survey. Yeah, because uh, it ties, it correlates highly to fun, which was your number one. Absolutely, and <laughs> and activity, you know, it keeps the kids more engaged. Yep. yep. So just some closing thoughts here, you know, things that were left things that were left out, and and uh, 
you know, one, one thing I found, uh, you know, fitness could be in there. Maybe that, if that, as a high school teacher, that becomes, you know, you look at the scope and sequence of uh, a physical education, K to 12, maybe fitness comes more important at, at a certain level. Maybe goal setting. Goal setting. I never thought yeah. of that one. Another one that would fit into that whole sportsmanship. Yep. And that's, I mean, those are all covered under the standards, the minutes, at least the Minnesota standards. Yeah. Um, so we didn't completely leave them out but technically, but. You know, when we go back to uh, uh, how people rank things and, and people are different. And you notice that eight out of the 10 topics were listed as number one. So, I mean, they, that, that speaks volumes just to people's interest and in, in teaching styles and great, you know, what they're teaching, where they're teaching, that there, there's no so right that, or wrong answer. Is that high or low in your mind? I think it's, I think it's really high. Okay. I, I would have I predicted that uh, three of them would have been an overwhelming number one, whether, you know, between relationship building, fun, and activity in class would have been. Yeah, I would have wrong, wrongfully predicted that would have been like everybody's number one in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So yeah. I found it really interesting that eight out of the 10 topics were picked number one. By at least somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting to me too. And it, it shows, again, why I kind of wanted to get this out here because I want to have discussions around these things. I don't, and maybe it's just me that takes on that pressure when you get a tweet and somebody's pushing their thing and it's like, you know, this is, it, it, they don't even say it, but I get the feeling like, oh, this is, you know, the new thing. Uh, do it, do it this way. You know, technology. And for whatever reason, I take that on. And maybe that's just a personal deal on myself. I don't, not other people feel that. They're just going, oh, that's nice for him. He, he uses technology. He's doing great with it. And they don't feel the pressure to do that. But I start feeling like there's this movement when I hear it from five different places, you know, technology, technology, technology. Well, I'm a technology integrationist. That's my that's my master's. So it's not like I don't believe in it, but the idea behind it is like, oh no, I, I don't want it to become the point. And so I feel this kind of a pressure. And that's why I was just wondering if other teachers feel this, these different things. You know, now I'm having to do standards and you know, I, I want to keep it fun, but I wanna get movement, but I have to do drills and <laughs> so. I only have the kids once a week. How do I, how do I fill all that in there and build relationships and do it all? That, that's where my stress levels comes from. Is that just a personal issue I have, and people are just gonna, kind of go, hey, dude, take a chill pill and and just enjoy yeah. your job. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what I should do. So yeah, we all got to step back and look. We we all do. We have it. We have it pretty good. It's oh, good good, good career field to be in. So yeah, a couple couple shout outs here to the to the Facebook groups that uh that we put this out there at PE Central and uh elementary te elementary PE teachers. You know, thank you for uh thank you for taking the time to fill out that survey. Uh the St. Francis teachers. Yeah, guys. thank you, guys. And then my uh my teachers down in the Eastern Carver County Schools that, that also filled out the survey. And then some shout outs on Twitter to those that uh retweeted us at Kinesiology MC at Dr. Roca at Renard Anasi. <laughs> Sorry about that, bud. <laughs> we, we appreciate it. <laughs> at, for, at Fusharan, at MJ Hamada, and at Jenkins Alyssa, and 
last but certainly not least, at Schaefer underscore Mike. Thank you for, for retweeting that and uh, helping us promote, promote this so we can get those 100 responses so quickly. Yeah, that was really fun to have that much input and be able to put this back out because there were some people that were asking about it and they were asking what uh, if they could have the responses back. Yeah, it was one of those things. I didn't know where this was going, but, man, it took off. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is, uh, this is Stacy and Jamie. You can follow us on Twitter at ThinkingPE. And uh, you can maybe send them to our website. We're constructing at thinkingpe.com. You can find some other resources as well. We're, we're slowly building that up as well. Please connect with us and, uh, you know, give us, give us your comments and things you'd like to see and definitely comments on this topic. That'd be awesome. All right, good discussion, Jamie. I hope, I hope some people add some comments in so they can show where we, uh, our narrow brains are, are, are focused and where, where we missed. All right, good. thank you.